Philippians 2.22 says, But you know that Timothy has proved himself, because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. Today, Paul plans his next trip to Greece. This is day eight. Welcome to the Journey Through Philippians podcast, where every day we set aside space in our lives to experience God's word. Together, we'll discuss the context and meaning of each passage and how the book of Philippians can help us understand more about who God is and the story he's writing for each of us every day. All right, welcome back to day eight of the Journey Through Philippians podcast. I'm here with Brendan Lang and Melissa Payne. Hi, guys. As usual. Hey, Brendan. Yo. When you travel, are you like a planner or you just kind of go with the flow and like figure stuff out as you go? Am I a planner or do I just go Hmm. with the flow? Melissa, you can answer this. What do you think? You guys traveled with me. Could you answer this for me? But like, no, I want to know. Because I I actually wasn't able to really perceive which one you were. (laughs) Because I did all the planning. Well, that's my point. That's true. So so which which, what do you usually do? When I travel with Tyler, I let Tyler do everything for me. Exactly. That was the best way to travel. Yeah. I mean, I even opened all the doors. Carried all the luggage. I, didn't even get I don't. Rem- I actually don't remember that part, but I do remember. I get no. You tip. ordered I no all tips. the food. Yeah. yeah, that's true. You did all the things that you wanted, but no. Uh, <laughs> I wanted. I wanted to carry your bags. Wow. No, the things that you wanted to do. Uh, the hunter is all uh, mine. The pleasure is mine. Oh, wow. Hang on. Wow. So, what's the question again? Am I a planner? Are or you a, a travel? Or you just go with the flow? I want to say both. Like I get sort of anxious leading up to the trip. Like I want to have all the details mm-hmm. sure. right and squared away so that I don't, you know, end up in the wrong country or my bag in the wrong country. Or <laughs> Yeah. They kind of don't let you do that anymore. Like That's home true. alone I've, doesn't really. We've lost. <laughs> Settle in everybody. <laughs> Brendan is stretching out for a story. Well, I mean, I was going to say once I packed Rachel's laptop in her suitcase. Okay. And that didn't make it. Back. I mean, eventually we got it, but like it didn't get where we we're going. Huh. I mean, did you learn your lesson? I, yeah, I learned my lesson. So all that to say, I planned that part, but then the rest, I like to go with the flow. I like to yeah, be flexible. Mm-hmm. What about you, Melissa? I'm kind of similar in the way that I like to plan things where I know where I'm going. I know where I'm staying. I know the things that I want to do. But then once I'm there, I'm kind of like, I don't really care what restaurant we go to, or I don't really care if we're like, on the beach for this long, or if we Y'all decide... Y'all were pretty easy to travel with. Yeah. In that you didn't have any opinions. I mean... Like, you had opinions, but you really didn't... I wouldn't really say no to, yeah. to a yeah. lot of things. Yeah. Sure. I'm adventurous. You're, you are adventurous. <laughs> I was willing to go and do and, you know... The one thing that nobody was up for was climbing to the Acropolis with me. Hey, I totally was... I wanted to see that view. It was just going to be way too early. There are oh bigger and better mountains to climb. Listen, we had bigger already... and better would take longer. <laughs> that one was very attainable. It was right there. We had was... already climbed Olympus. I mean, didn't we do That's enough true. then? We did climb yeah. Olympus yeah. and mm-hmm. there were no gods to be found. None. I mean, I'm kind of with you, Brendan. I probably planned less than you do, which is funny that I was in charge of this trip that we went on mm-hmm. to Philippi, but... I've been known to not book hotels. And then like when it starts to get dark, I'll like run around and just see. Where should we stay tonight? Hmm. Yeah. Just like I'll barter with the people and be like, hey, do you have any open spots? That's gone, cool. I, that's gone backwards on me too. Really? Yeah. Like You've I, done the same thing? Well, I mean, I once tried to wait to get a hotel and there was literally nothing open mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. 500 miles of Nebraska. Wow. Nebraska. Yeah. Well, there's your problem. <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> Turns out there's no hotels in Nebraska. Who wants to go there? What's, what? It's a longer story. Uh, I'll okay. tell you we'll, we'll t- Yeah, maybe we'll save it for day nine. Yeah. Well, today, 
Paul's really kind of talking about some travel arrangements for him and Timothy, and there's some weirdness happening. Hmm. He definitely wants to go back to Philippi, but we'll see if he ever does. You want to take us through day eight's reading? Day eight, an illustration of imitation. Beginning in Philippians 2.19, Paul shares about his plans to send some of his ministry partners to Philippi. This is a common feature in Paul's letters. Paul often updated his readers on whether he or someone else would be visiting them. What is uncommon about this particular travel report is its size and its location in the letter. Paul's travel reports are usually short, also they typically occur near the end of his letters. This particular update is unique because of its length, encompassing a full 12 verses, and because of its location at the very center of the letter to the Philippians. This has puzzled many scholars and has led some to suggest that this particular letter to the Philippians is actually a combination of multiple letters, with this travel report marking the end of the first letter. This is not a necessary conclusion because this travel report serves as more than just a future travel itinerary. Falling on the heels of the command to imitate Christ in Philippians 2, 1-11, this travel report also highlights individuals who have demonstrated how to have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. This is especially clear in the first half of Paul's travel report, which we will read today. In this passage, Paul writes that he hopes to send Timothy to visit the church in Philippi. In his description of Timothy, Paul points out that Timothy doesn't look out for his own interests, but shows genuine concern for others. Timothy therefore embodies the instruction in Philippians 2, 3-4, In humility value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Paul also points out that Timothy is served with Paul in the work of the gospel. In this way, Timothy is followed in the footsteps of Jesus, who became a servant in his own work of the gospel. Philippians 2, 7. What we learn from this travel report is so much more than the historical facts about the travels of Paul's ministry partners. It reveals to us that living with a mindset like Jesus is possible and is perhaps the best way we can encourage and build faith in those around us. This is incredibly relevant for us. The last thing our world needs is more Christians who promote the gospel with their words and undermine it with their actions. What this world craves and pays attention to are authentic people who live by what they say. For day eight, we're reading Philippians chapter two, verses 19 through 24. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope therefore to send him as soon as I see how things go with me and I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. Melissa, do you want to take us through the questions for day eight and maybe give us a little time in between to let us journal and reflect? Yeah, I'd love to. First question. In Philippians 2.22, Paul notes that Timothy previously served side by side with Paul as a son with his father. Now Paul plans to entrust the church at Philippi to Timothy's care. What does Paul's example teach us about how to disciple others? Second question, who has been like a Paul for you, helping you to mature in your faith? Who is like a Timothy for you, and how are you helping them grow into a future Christian leader? (laughs) 
So Timothy and Paul served together, but this is kind of the first time we've heard about Timothy since the very first verse of the first chapter. Who's Timothy? Who's this guy? Yeah, so Timothy was a guy who Paul encountered on his missionary journeys. In fact, we first meet him in Acts 16, which is coincidentally the same chapter where we first read about Paul going to Philippi. He didn't meet Timothy in Philippi. It was a little bit before that. But we met Timothy on this missionary journey, brought him to Christ, and we just read about Timothy several other times, several other places throughout the New Testament. He ends up becoming a partner of Paul's, sort of serving alongside him, but also learning from Paul in the course of their journeys. And here in the book of Philippians, this isn't the first time he's actually mentioned in Philippians. He's first identified in the very first verse. It says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. So this letter in some ways is coming not only from Paul, but also Timothy himself. His secretary. Mm -hmm. His secretary. Yeah, he's he's probably like a scribe or something. Timothy probably wasn't exactly the author. Paul is the author, but Timothy may have helped him out. If you have the ability to write, like you're highly educated. Yeah. So he was a really helpful companion. So was he a Christian before he met Uh, Paul or did Paul help? Yeah, like where's, what's his like background, like yeah. his family and... Acts 16.1 says that his mother was Jewish and a believer, but his father was a Gentile. And so he has this mixed background and his mom was already a believer. I guess you might assume that he already was a believer before Paul showed up, but he ends up following Paul around after this. The verses that we read today, it says, but you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. What does it mean for Timothy to have like proved himself? What does that mean for Paul to say that? Yeah, it's a good question. So the word translated there is proved, sometimes it's translated test. And so it's this idea that like he's sort of, he's almost passed a test. He's demonstrated what his character is like, what kind of person he is. That he's a person who's committed to the ministry. He's a person who's committed to the God, who's committed to Paul. That's why he's right there with Paul in prison. He's serving Paul as he writes this letter. And he's demonstrated that he has the capacity to be a church leader now. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting because this is what we find Paul doing a lot is developing leaders, mm-hmm. helping them out, and then kind of sending them out to do their own thing, right? Yep. Yeah. And they even says at the end of today's reading, Timothy's going to be there for sure. Yep. Timothy's going to come back to Philippi. He's going to see you, yep. mainly because I trust him. And also maybe I'll be there too. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it hits this idea that is really important and is really a model that the church as a whole has kind of adopted. It's mm-hmm. the idea of like mentorship or like small groups or mm-hmm. like youth ministries. And it's really difficult, but it's really key for change. And Melissa, I'm just curious, like for you, why are small groups so important for people? Yeah. I think following Christ is hard to do. I think there's the Bible that they can read, but sometimes students come in and they're just hearing about Jesus for the first time, or they're wanting to grow in their faith. And having an adult leader, having someone older than them who has walked the path that they've walked, who has grown in the faith already, can maybe help them along that path as they are growing and learning what it is to really look like Christ. The other thing too is it's like it's longevity, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like building relationship over mm. time allows mm-hmm. you to speak into each other's lives a little bit. Yep. Yeah. And have more of an impact because you know each other. Yeah. And I mean, here at Willow, our small group leaders are amazing, and they take every Sunday to spend with these kids, time away from their families, to pour into them. And I think we see that here, that Paul was willing to take the time to develop Timothy. And so it's so important that we take the things that God has taught us, and we pour that out and teach other people those things so then they can also replicate that. I think... I mean, what you touched on at the end is this idea that the leaders are really the key Mm -hmm. because they're modeling what is happening more than they're like teaching. And everybody comes in with sort of a different position they're in, right? Mm -hmm. Like every student's different. There could be somebody who is 
yeah. basically born a Christian. Right. Or born in their mind. You're raised in a Christian even home. If they're, yeah. Even if their dad's Greek. Right. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but like they could be born that way and then somebody else could just be two weeks into their decision. Right. Right? Yep. And so that person can help yeah. just by having a relationship with somebody who is, you know, a baby Christian or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like and that. that's why ministry is at its best when it's relational. We can foster this idea, I think, sometimes at our church that like ministry is something that happens from a stage for mm-hmm. one hour on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And it's, but that's not it. And that's certainly not the model we really promote here. I mean, we have groups, we have ministry leaders. We do all this because we know and believe that ministry happens best in the context of relationships when a person knows another person. Like that's the model that Jesus set up from the very beginning. I mean, he would preach to the thousands, mm-hmm. right? Like the feeding the 5,000. He would yeah. preach to them and give them food and do all that. He would do that a lot, but he made time specifically for 12 guys because he wanted to invest in them. And he knew it took time too. It wasn't just like a one weekend conference. It was three years that he lived and walked around and traveled with these people because he knew that for them to become the people that God wanted them ultimately to be, for him to prepare them to take on, to carry on the mission that he was going to leave to them, it would take some time and investment and relational energy. So yeah. Also, studies have even proven that students that have had six or more adult leaders, spiritual leaders in their life before they leave to go to college are more likely Hmm. to keep their faith. They're more likely to have a faith that lasts. Oh, it's so interesting. Yeah. So which number are are you (laughs) on that list? How many? On that list. How do you you stack the deck for that? I don't know. Yeah, I guess you just kind of, I mean, in my life, I know that's the reason that I'm doing what I do is because there were women growing up that were speaking into my life. My mom was a mentor. And then even getting into college, there were older girls in the college that were starting Bible studies and pouring into me. And so that's ultimately why I'm doing what I do. Why was that so impactful for you? Those women that were like speaking into your life, like what did it mean to you? Yeah, it just meant the fact that like they were willing to take time to love on me, to listen to me, to walk with me through the things I was going through. And you didn't feel alone in it, you know? And so it kind of felt like, hey, we're doing this together and like watch me as I follow Christ and then follow after what I'm doing. But I'm an introvert. Yeah. Yes, you are. <laughs> so like a big group of people yeah. and talking to them, that sounds mm-hmm. really exhausting. Yeah. Do I have to do that? No. <laughs> I think that's the whole point. Like, yeah. I mean, if Paul's, if he's mm-hmm. building into Timothy, that's a one-on-one relationship. Right. I'm an introvert too. I can ramp yes. up enough to <laughs> talk to people, but yeah. you know, I understand what it's like. I think of my mentors too, like the people who helped shape me and build me mm-hmm. over the years. And the best learning always happened when I was with them one-on-one or with mm-hmm. just a few of my closest friends yeah. where they were intentionally building us up again, not them preaching from a platform, but right. them meeting us where we were in life. Mm-hmm. For me, like even creatively, the people who made the biggest difference in my life, they got nothing in return too. Mm-hmm. That was the interesting yeah. thing is mm-hmm. like, yeah. they saw that I had talent and they knew me well enough to know that it was special. They knew yep. like the industry well enough to know that it was mm-hmm. special and they were able to individually like pull me to a greater level. And it did take some investment from them mm-hmm. with no return. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can feel that way. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, absolutely. I've, I've been helping out in youth ministry for years, mm-hmm. um, really kind of since college, but I'm going through my second group of students at Impact. Yeah. And you know, like, <laughs> I even think about that first group of guys, like when I first started with them as freshmen, I was like, pulling teeth, trying just to get them to sit in a circle and get off their phones and 
answer mm-hmm. your question. But the real benefit is like when you actually see the fruit sort of produce mm. when it may not be something that I experience in the moment, but years right. down, I can see some of these individuals and how much they've grown. And I only made a small contribution. You know, mm. there are a number of other people who poured into them. It wasn't just me, but it's so encouraging when you can actually see that growth later well, on. It changes their trajectory just a little yeah. bit, oh, right? Yeah. You're yeah, not absolutely. looking for like a right, you know, big, hard right turn to get or a 180. Sure. Like, That's but, not how change usually happens. Yeah. It's just a subtle nudge in the right direction. Right. And you talked about being an introvert. And I think, you know, just like you. Yes. I'm, I'm so nervous to talk to people. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I just like to sit at home by myself. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. So that's, that's your own prison. Melissa's yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, that, I'm like, oh my right God, so someone nervous. come hang Melissa out Melissa writes me. her own letters. It's just text messages. Anybody doing anything? Are you hanging out? What are you guys Anybody? doing? No, but I think that is the beauty of a small group is that everyone has different personalities. Everyone's coming from different walks. And what I love to do as a small group leader is just get to sit back and let the girls kind of encourage one another Mm. and say, yeah, I know exactly what you're going through. I think from week to week, as those conversations keep happening, then trust is built. And then the ones who maybe are not as willing to open up, like they begin to open up more. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And you're just like the maestro. In the front. I know. Just I just like sit playing, back and I'm just the music like, happen. yes, yeah, this is awesome. For sure. This really does remind me of this last piece of the commentary that you wrote this week, Brendan. It's these last two sentences. I'm just going to read it again because it's really good. The last thing our world needs is more Christians who promote the gospel with their words and undermine it with their actions. Mm. Mm. What this world craves and pays attention to are the authentic people who live by what they say. Wow. Yeah. That's like, where'd you get that from? It's what I do. <laughs> Just in that, it's in my brand. It just comes out. You just follow the spirit. <laughs> That's and the no, I mean, I think about like Gen Z or iGen or whatever mm-hmm. you call this. Sure. Next, you know, we're yeah. millennials. And I know how much our generation cares about authenticity. Sure. Like mm-hmm. how turned off our generation is by people who say one thing and then right. live a different way. And yeah. I know it's even more true of this next generation. Christ is always going to be king. He's always going to be in charge. But I still care like about how this all shakes out mm-hmm. in our country and our society with all these kids. And I think it's critically important that as Christian leaders, we should speak the truth, but we also got to live it out. Like we can't just say one thing and Mm -hmm. then do another because that's going to fall flat with this next generation. Yeah. Have you seen that to be true, Melissa? Yeah. I think some of the most damaging small group leaders or, I mean, I've been at churches and in different organizations, so I'm not speaking from here at Willow. We have amazing small group leaders, (laughs) but inconsistency is such a hard thing for the kids because they're just looking for someone to step up in their lives. They're looking for someone to be there when they're going through the hard things. And when you see, you know, leaders come and go uh, in one small group, it kind of hurts, you know, because then they have to start rebuilding that trust again. Yeah, less relational equity. Right. You got to start from scratch. Yeah, exactly. Trust is lost. Mm-hmm. I mean, even just like these last five words, live by what they say, is so profound because everybody thinks it's like, oh, well, follow the rules mm-hmm. and do what you know you're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. And that's what living by what you say is. But really what you say is an abundance of how you live, right? It's the other way of thinking about it is how you wrote this, which I think is great because so many people lead with what they say and then they try to match Mm. up to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But let's be real. Like, we're all going to fail doing that. So let's just say what is true about ourselves. 
yeah. say what is real about how we're living and how we're not perfect, but mm-hmm. we're trying, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're trying to live up to the way that Jesus has called us. Mm-hmm. And that's enough because yeah. we're all human. Yeah. And that's what we see with Timothy. That's the whole point is that like, he's not even talking to the congregation yet. He's just, mm-hmm. he's the scribe, I guess, but he's demonstrated through service. He's demonstrated his character that he, he's going to be a ministry leader through the way that he lives. Mm-hmm. And now that sets him up to be the vocal preacher that they're going to one day need when he does come and visit them. He's shown that he's an authentic person and that gives him trust and credibility with the Philippian congregation. Well, yeah, I don't know if Timothy's excited, but I'm really excited to go back to Philippi. Oh, yeah. Greece is great. I don't know if Timothy's excited. <laughs> he, I'm sure he's thrilled. <laughs> he is. I bet. He's ready. He's ready for a trip. He wants to take Paul with him. Pack your bags, Timothy. Paul's not coming with. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us today for the Journey Through Philippians podcast. To check out even more resources like videos from Philippi, children and family resources, and ebooks for all ages, visit our journey page at willowjourney.org. And follow us on Instagram at Willow Creek NS. Be sure to share your journey experience on social media with the hashtag Willow Journey. If you have questions or would like to learn more about the ministries of Willow Creek Community Church, check out willowcreek.org. We'll see you tomorrow.